This week's episode of the Fantasy Fanatics podcast. I'm your host once again, James, and I'm joined once again by Nate. What's up, man? So, all right. In today's episode, we got one last uh, division preview for the NFL for fantasy football in 2022, and it's going to be featuring the two divisions. It's going to be the AFC West and the NFC West, two really stacked up divisions. Definitely preview that. Uh, and everything going on there for fantasy. Then we'll hop right into some everything NHL. We'll talk about the Stanley Cup Finals. It's currently going on uh, right now, not specifically as we're recording, but the entire finals has been through four games so far. So we'll definitely talk about that. And then we'll just move right into big time basketball to close it out. Um, the NBA draft round one is currently going on as we're recording. So um, hopefully by the time we get there, the entire first round will finish up and then we can definitely recap. So how does that sound? Sounds good. All right. Let's just hop right into it. I will start with Fanatics football and we'll start in the AFC West. Uh, let's get to the Denver Broncos. Uh, let's get to their outlook for fantasy. We'll start at quarterback. Of course, they acquire Russell Wilson from Seattle. It looks like uh, he seems to be the 10th quarterback going off the board on average in most fantasy leagues. I guess, how do you feel about Wilson this season? I mean, he does have potential to be a first rounder for sure, especially considering the um, depth around him in Denver. Yeah, I mean... Uh, what I've said is I think 10 might be his floor because, I mean, if Denver decides to let Russ cook that he will, like he wasn't able to in Seattle, he could pretty much blast into like top five consideration. So I think you're getting him at a good spot. He's definitely a QB one in fantasy for sure. Um, I definitely think if Denver's offense sort of shifts and just let him cook a little bit, I definitely think it'll be beneficial. But I guess from what we saw last season, it was very run heavy. Of course, they bring both running backs uh, back. Javante Williams, who emerged as the starter late last season, and then Melvin Gordon, who had pretty much just as good stats, uh, if not better in other categories as Javante. Of course, Javante is the younger guy. So he's going to be a bit more valuable and he's expected to get the bigger workload. Uh, Javante Williams is going off the board in half PPR around the 13th spot. So just uh, at the top of RB2 um, and then just going down, um, taking a look at where Melvin Gordon is. He's going off at around 34. So at the bottom of like RB3 in standard leagues. Um, I guess, what are your thoughts on this backfield? Um, I feel like talent wise, they should be draftable. It's just, it's kind of going to, depends on how they structure the offense so um honestly for um melvin gordon you might want to take them a little bit lower if you can yeah i think javante williams should be getting more opportunities this year um unless melvin gordon completely blows things out of the water but i think with the fact that he is getting older it's going to be less uh, easy for him to do that Javante Williams, I think uh, his ceiling could be like a Nick Chubb type, you know, where he's like in a split backfield, but yet he's a really good runner. Oh, I'm kind of like feeling that that could happen. So I think he, you're good getting him as like an RB two. Maybe don't reach for him as like your number one RB in case Melvin Gordon does like take off, but he's like a pretty solid RB two for me. And then I guess moving to Melvin Gordon, 
He's a good flex option. Uh, if you can get him outside RB3, like I think you're going to have a, a really good deal for him. But um, yeah, if you get him as your third running back, you just got to hope he gets the snap. So that, that's all I really have to say about that. I'll get to wide receivers now. Uh, there's a lot of names to pick from here. You got Cortland Sutton. You got Tim Patrick. You got Jerry Judy. You got KJ Hamler. I think those are like the four main guys. Uh, I don't really see anyone else outside of that getting a lot of targets, uh, but four guys is still a lot. So um, I guess we'll go through and see where they're all located uh, among like expert rankings here. Um, I don't think you get one until 21 and that's Cortland Sutton. You get Jerry Judy around like 24. So two are uh, two wide receiver twos. And then you go further down and then, you don't see another Denver wide receiver until Tim Patrick at 61. And then I don't see KJ Hamler here. You probably have to go uh, quite a bit further to sort of get to him. He might not even be draftable at this point. So I probably wouldn't even take a look at him. He's probably just a good waiver wire guy. If there's an injury that happens, he'll, he's definitely talented enough to get a role with this team. Yeah. He's not in the, in the top 100. So um, yeah, I guess, give me your thoughts on these wide receivers. Thinking um, Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy, Judy, they should be pretty um, solid um, wide receiver twos, especially considering um, Russell Wilson's talent. So they should be getting some, I guess, quality targets. For Tim Patrick, you might want to take him at the end of your draft just in case um, he gets um, good production because Russell Wilson is going to have um, really accurate targets. So to get some quality targets even if he doesn't get that many so i think maybe at the end of your draft yeah i mean um with sutton and judy i mean they they should be like the locket metcalf type that wilson had in seattle you know like the one two and then patrick um, it's kind of hard to see how many targets he's going to get. I know he caught a lot, a lot of touchdowns last year, but different quarterback situation, obviously they had Teddy Bridgewater. So um, yeah, it's really hard to sort of gauge where these guys are going. As we say, for a lot of teams, take players as low as possible just to get value. So if they drop in your draft, definitely picking them up as like a wide receiver three. And then for Tim Patrick, if you can get him at the end of your draft, I think that's the most ideal thing. Um, let's get to tight end now. Of course, Noah Fant going in the Russell Wilson trade. So Albert O is probably going to be that main guy. Um, and it looks like in most drafts, he's going around tight end 17. Uh, yeah, I think he's a solid backup. He might be one of those guys that Wilson targets, you know, in, in third down situations, red zone, that kind of thing. So I think he's properly ranked. I guess, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I kind of uh, like him for backup tight ends. I feel like that's kind of, his best value you can get if you can get him there. Um, he's probably gonna have like decent production for a tight end too, and then you'll have some really good spikes. So yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I definitely. Uh, agree with that. I definitely think you draft him as your backup. He's one of those guys that could have a breakout season and could even replace your starter, or you could throw him into a flex spot. Definitely can play him on bye weeks as well. So I definitely like where he's going. Um, I guess getting to the Broncos, it's a tough division this year. Uh, I know it's putting you on the spot, but I guess where do you see them finishing in this division? Uh, this is basically um, AFC North Part 2. So <laughs> basically any team could finish anywhere this year. Um, I would say the 
Broncos uh, just because it's their first year with this roster. I'd say maybe third. Yeah, I mean, this is a good roster. I understand your concerns, I guess, with, you know, them not uh, not all being together, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, I think it is going to be tough to sort of gauge where this team's going to finish. Um, yeah, and I, I don't know. I might You have them at third. I might even have them lower than that. I might actually have them at fourth. Uh, it's a tough division. I think it's going to take an injury to knock a team to fourth. So I'd say that unless uh, if they don't have any major injuries, I think they're going to finish higher than fourth. But um, as of right now, I mean, if all teams are healthy, I know adding Wilson's big, but I mean, is the rest of the team going to be able to keep up? Because all the other teams in that division added as well. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, I'm going to put them at fourth just for now. Like you said, flip a coin on all these teams and see where they land at this point. But yeah, we'll get to the next team and that's the Kansas city chiefs. I mean, this team, um, they stay good every year. Uh, I don't know what it is about this team. We'll, we'll start at quarterback. We'll start with Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he's probably one of the best players in the NFL right now. Um, and I mean, he's going as like the third quarterback off the board. Could take him at number two if you want, in my opinion. I guess, what are your thoughts? Yeah, honestly, if you see Patrick Mahomes off the board, you might as well just take him because he's pretty much like guaranteed fantasy points. Yeah, I know he had a struggling point uh, early last season, but once midseason came, he was right back into form. Um, you're not going to go wrong with him. Um, I mean, he's, he has Travis Kelsey. I mean, we'll get to all of his, all of his, tar all of his weapons, but um, yeah, he's just really solid overall. We'll start at running back. Of course, Clyde Edwards-Alaire is there. He should be healthy to start the season. Of course, you got Ronald Jones just coming from Tampa. Jarek McKinnon's still there. I don't know how much he's going to factor in. Um, but yeah, let's get to where these running backs are sort of ranked. Um, I definitely want your opinion on that. Uh I don't know, like there's three guys in this backfield. Um, I guess before I get to where they're ranked, I guess, do you think that they're all going to have to split? Uh, do you think that CEH is finally going to get like the bulk of the workload? I guess, what are your thoughts? I'm guessing that uh, CEH gets the bulk of the workloads. He might have to share a little bit with Ronald Jones. I'm not really... Um, seeing, I guess, Jared McKinnon or Derek Gore having, um, I guess, I guess like as many snaps as either Clyde Edwards-Solaire or Ronald Jones. So I'm thinking you probably want to target CEH the most. Yeah, I think for me, uh, CEH is probably still that main guy. Like, I don't want to just like write him off. Oh, just because, you know, he like he, he's been banged up or maybe he hasn't performed as well. I feel like with Tyree Kill leaving, he's sort of going to be like that that main guy. I mean, uh, just looking at, I guess, where we have everyone, like CEH is going around the, like what, the 28th or, or so spot uh, in uh, running back ranking. So he's like, a, I guess, a high like RB3, essentially. You could have some value there just because, you know, um, like he could be um, like a guy that ends up getting a big workload and then you get value on him. Um, 
I don't know, like, I guess, what are your thoughts on that? And I guess, yeah, maybe we should look at where the others are ranked. So CEH is around 28th. And then I guess just going down um, further than that, um, you got to go a lot further than that. You got Jarek McKinnon at 79. There's a chance I might have missed uh, Ronald Jones. Um, Derek Gore's at 106. So, yeah, I did miss Ronald Jones. He's probably somewhere further up. Yeah, he's at number 40. So you got 28, you got 40, and then the other two are probably not draftable. So I guess what are your thoughts on that? Um, I guess just looking at the list, I feel like um, Clyde Edwards somewhere. I feel like he could even be like a low end um, RB2 just on how its ceiling works. Like you said, he could have end up having more production and just looking at the um, depth chart. I don't think there's, I mean, outside of Travis Kelsey, the other wide receivers, they're good, but you wouldn't necessarily want to target them every time. So there is a chance that um, the running backs could get some more work. We could see some catching of the backs as well so um, depending on who gets to catch you might even want to get Ronald Jones maybe at the end of your draft yeah I think uh, it's going to be tough to get Ronald Jones at the end of your draft considering people are taking him as like an RB4 so I yeah like you said I'm not really sold on him that high uh, because I don't know if he'd be a strong flex option week to week so yeah I think you're right CEH should be that guy um, but yeah, we will get to wide receiver now. Uh, it's mostly new guys here. Juju Smith-Schuster comes in. Marquez Valdez-Gantling. Of course, McCole Hardman's still there. Uh, Josh Gordon, we don't know what kind of snaps he'll be getting, if any. And then, of course, they draft Sky Moore this year. Um, I guess just getting to where these guys are ranked. Um, yeah, you don't have a lot of these guys early. Juju Smith-Schuster is around like 32. So he's like a wide receiver three. And then you just keep going down after that. Marquez Valdez-Scantling is around 54. Um, Sky Moore at 57. McCole Hardman at 64. So you got all these guys like around that like wide receiver, like five, six area after that. So um, I guess what are your thoughts on Juju Smith-Schuster and then the rest of the guys? I think they could get a bit of a boost mainly just because of how talented Patrick Mahomes is. So maybe um, get, I guess, Juju Smith-Schuster, like, maybe a few spots higher than he is. Like, he's in the, in, right in the middle of, like, Monroe St. Brown and Gabriel Davis. He could potentially be, like, around, like, Elijah Moore, just because of how talented Patrick Mahomes is. Um, Valdez Scantling, he's not necessarily the most uh, consistent wide receiver. He has a um, pretty high ceiling, but he doesn't always play to his potential. So that's something if you want to keep him on the draft. So I try to draft him a little bit lower. He has a high ceiling, but yeah, maybe at the end of your draft. And I guess for Cole Hartman, it's kind of hard to say. I'd say also maybe at the tail end of your draft. Yeah, I think Juju Smith-Schuster, if he's going to be the number one guy, I mean, Tyreek Hill was always a wide receiver one. He might have the chance to be a wide receiver too, you know, just with how talented he is. And if Mahomes is targeting him consistently, definitely think he'll be solid this year. Um, the others, like, just take your pick. Um, 
I don't know who's going to get the targets. Maybe Sky Moore might have a chance just because he is a rookie. But other than that, yeah, they're all bunched up together in, in rankings. So I understand why. And then for tight ends, this one's a no-brainer. Travis Kelsey, he's Mahomes' favorite target. He's been the best tight end in fantasy for years. Um, if you take him early, like it's pretty much you can set in stone, you just throw him into your lineup. You don't got to worry about it. I guess the top three guys, Kelsey, Andrews, Pitts, even Killer Kittle and Waller, if you take them, you might as well just take them if you see them and still get some good work for you. Yeah, like Kelsey's putting up receiver-like numbers. He should be the number one tight end off the board easily. Um, I guess looking at the Chiefs, um, yeah, it's kind of tough to rank this division with Patrick Mahomes. I mean, they're always going to be a playoff team for the most part. Um, their offense is still really solid. Um, I guess, where do you have them in this division? I mean, honestly, it's hard to tell because um, the wide receiver core is a little bit different. They don't have Tyreek Hill. And Tyreek Hill was like a major, a major weapon on this team, so... I mean, I want to rank them first, but I'm thinking, uh, yeah, I might as well just put them first. I want to rank them first, too, because, uh, I mean, even if they get off to a rough start, they somehow just find a way to, to get first place. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to say. Yeah, you know what? I'll, I'll just put them at first. That's, that's fine. Uh, I'll leave them there for now. Obviously... You know, things could change with this team, but I mean, they have such good coaching. They still have good defensive pieces here. Um, their offensive lines are really solid. So, I mean, like you definitely got to just keep them at first. And I mean, with a guy like Patrick Mahomes, he's an MVP candidate every year. So, yeah, I'll put the Chiefs at first. Um, let's get to the next team, and that's the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, yeah, I mean, this team, they made the playoffs last year. They were really solid, especially in fantasy. We'll start with their quarterback, and that's Derek Carr. And, I mean, he surprised a lot of people. He was very fantasy relevant for most of the season. Um, he's being taken around the 14th spot. So, um, he's like a QB1 in deep leagues, maybe like a backup quarterback in more shallower leagues. I think that's a good spot for him. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think um, a backup in shallow leagues is pretty good spot for him mainly just because um, he doesn't run too much he's mostly a passing quarterback so he'll get you passing yards and he'll get you touchdowns but he, won't, he doesn't have enough rushing yards to um, be a starting quarterback yeah I think I definitely agree with you on that he's got some more weapons though we'll talk about those we'll start with the running backs um Josh Jacobs is still there you got Kenny and Drake still there that's probably going to be the one two so I guess looking at where these guys are going off the board, uh, Jacob's going is going off around like 22. So he's like a, an RB two. And then looking um, where uh, Kenny and Drake is going off the board. Um, I think you got to go down a bit. Yeah. He's going off around 61. I don't think that's too bad. I think you can get value with him. I guess just drafting him onto your bench. I think both guys are, you get a bit of value where you draft them. I guess, what are your thoughts? I think this is pretty accurate, especially when you consider that this is more a more pass-heavy team. So they're not going to get the most opportunities um, to get some big plays. But um, 
they probably will get some big plays some, somewhere in the season just because of how talented they are. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, like you said, passing offense. Let's talk about the receivers. Uh, Devontae Adams, of course, coming from Green Bay, he's going to be the main guy. Hunter Renfro out of the slot, he was really solid last year. Um, I know Demarcus Robinson's there from Kansas City, but I don't know how relevant he's going to be. I think it's going to mostly be Adams and Renfro. Um, I guess give me your thoughts on that. Yeah, I'm guessing you'd probably want to target um, Devontae Adams as your first choice and then Hunter Renfro's a second choice. Yeah, I mean, um, I, we know Derek Carr uh, loved Hunter Renfro last season. Um, and then I guess we know that, um, you know, him and Devontae Adams had that like connection, uh, from college. So honestly, it's, it's tough to say, I think that, um, wherever you draft Adams might be too high. And then wherever you draft, uh, Renfro might be too low. I don't know if that makes sense in it, like with the way I'm trying to say it, because Adams is going off at like number four right now. And then Renfro is kind of going off like a lot lower than that. I think you can get him at like 37. So like that's like top of uh, wide receiver four in standard leagues. I feel like that's way too low. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. Derek Carr, again, he's going to be swinging the ball a lot. I know there's a lot of um, weapons on offense this season, but um, Hunter Renfro got a lot of targets last season. Well, that shouldn't change too much, even with Devontae Adams being there. So, um, again, Devontae Adams is top five in terms of talent, but would be a little lower. But, again, the six and seven are like CUM and Tito Samuel, so maybe that's why he's still in the top five. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think Adams is really talented. It's just um, I feel like Renfro definitely could still get a lot of targets. I guess moving to tight end, another guy who's going to get a lot of targets is Darren Waller. He's the number five tight end off the board. Yeah, he's a solid tight end one. He's going to get targets. He's just that big machine out there. I guess what are your thoughts? Yeah, just like with Kelsey, Mark Andrews, if you see Waller off the board, on the board, you pretty much have to take Yeah, for sure. And uh, solid offense overall. Let's look at the team. Uh, we know how tough this division is to rank, but where do you see the Raiders finishing in 2022? You know, uh, looking at this roster now, I probably should have changed my choice for Denver, but I already said Denver was third, so I'm going to have to unfortunately put them at fourth. Honestly, um, I could see them finishing anywhere in this division at this point, uh, even fourth. Um, but yeah, I think I'm going to put them at third. Um, I kind of want to put them higher. I know they did finish second last year, but I feel like there's one team that got better than them and we're going to get to them. But yeah, this, th this team's good, I feel like, but they're not better than like two of the teams in this division. So yeah, I'm going to put them at third. I definitely agree with you. They do have a solid roster. Um, and I guess uh, we'll get to the next team. That's the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, let's start a quarterback here. Justin Herbert is going off at the as the second quarterback off the board. I guess, what are your thoughts on that? That's a really big jump. I mean, I can kind of see it, um, mainly just because he does everything pretty much. So just based on his production, he could actually finish somewhere in the top five. Yeah, take him in the top five for sure. Can I stomach him at number two? Maybe not. 
But yeah, he is definitely talented enough to be like a Josh Allen type performer in fantasy. So, I mean, I definitely agree with you there. Let's get to the running backs. Austin Eckler is there. Of course, they draft Isaiah Spiller, Joshua Kelly still there, Larry Roundtree. Um, it looks like Eckler's going off the board at third overall. He had a really solid year last year. Definitely had him in some leagues, and he was solid. And then I guess for the next running back for this team, you're going to have to go all the way down to number 47 to get Isaiah Spiller. Um He's going to get some snaps, I feel like. I don't. I just don't know how much he's going to get in his first year. But, yeah, I love Gibson near the top. Maybe not at number three, but maybe, like, top five, top six. He should be really solid. Yeah, I kind of um, like Eckler. He's really solid, like you said. I don't know about three because, again, Derek Henry is right under him, and he could finish ahead of um, Eckler. Delvin Cook could also potentially finish ahead of Eckler as well. So. I mean, that's still top five. That's really good. But I feel like three is a little bit too high. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, there's other weapons on this team. Let's talk about the wide receivers. Uh, of course, Keenan Allen's still there. Mike Williams, Joshua Palmer, Jalen Guyton. Um, I think that's about as far as you're going to go in fantasy. Um, we'll start where they're ranked. Keenan Allen's going off around 11. So late wide receiver one. Then you go further down, you get Mike Williams around 22, so late wide receiver two. And then after that, you have to scroll for quite a little bit um, down into the rankings. Um, yeah, I'm still going Joshua Palmer's around like 75th. Uh, so yeah, it's probably like a late round guy. You probably don't even draft him at all. And then I'm still going, and I don't see Jalen Guyton yet. Uh, he's at 116, so probably not draftable at that point. But yeah, I think I agree. Keenan Allen's a wide receiver one. Uh, Mike Williams is a wide receiver two. Um, and Joshua Palmer is like a dart throw. I guess, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think I agree with that. All right. And now we'll get to tight end for this team. Um, and yeah, this is interesting. They bring in Gerald Everett. Darnold Parham is there. Um I don't know. I just like tight end was not really a position that was really like relevant as much. I know Jared Cook was there last year, but I don't know how well things worked out. Um, I guess, what are your thoughts on tight end for this team? I mean, it's going to be hard to say just because there's so many good players there at tight ends. Only they kind of get the scraps in terms of targets. So, I mean, he is a starting tight end, so you should be taking him at first. Um, two rounds for taking tight ends but yeah it's going to be hard to judge um, how well he does this season yeah I think Everett's going off at around like 21 so yeah he's like a decent backup in standard leagues in like shallow leagues you probably won't draft him and in deep leagues he'd probably still be a backup so um, yeah he's not really anyone to write home about but maybe he does have a good season we'll have to see um yeah, getting to where the LA Chargers will finish in this division, I know they're known for choking a lot, but I really think this team's gotten a lot better. I'm going to put them in second place. I think they can actually win this division, but I'm just not being that bold because we know how many times people have said that about the Chargers and then they just like come up short. So uh, I'll be sort of, um, I, I guess, slightly optimistic, but not as much as I want to be. And I'll put them at second. I know I made them as an early Super Bowl pick as like a reach. Cause I really like this team. I mean, they have a lot of good players. I guess, what are your thoughts? 
yeah, I kind of feel the same way. Like I wanted to put the Chargers first over Kansas City, but Kansas City always finds a way to finish first. And then Los Angeles, they have a really good roster on paper. It looks like they could compete with Kansas City if not um, beat them. But for whatever reason, they just, they, I don't, they don't have like the hit factor if that makes sense. Yeah, I I don't know what it is about the Chargers. Maybe this year they'll finally take that next step. But yeah, I really do like the roster. I definitely think that it is pretty solid. Um, let's get to the next division now. And that's, that's the NFC West. Uh, we'll start with the Arizona Cardinals. This is a really solid team. We'll start at quarterback, Kyler Murray. I mean, he's a, a solid fantasy quarterback as, as a, almost anyone. I mean, this guy, he always finds a way to put up points every year. Um, he's clearly a QB one for you if you're going to draft him in fantasy. Um, he even has that like top five upside. I guess. What are your thoughts on him? I think I agree with top five upside. Um, I think last year he finished close to that, if I remember correctly. So, and the Cardinals had an amazing um, first half of the season, so they should have a really good season again. Yeah, I mean. Um, yeah, Kyler Murray's definitely someone that, like, if you don't get, like, one of the top quarterbacks, like, let's just say you don't get, like, Josh Allen, uh, Justin Herbert, or, like, any of, like, those main, like, top guys that, like, Pat, we just talked about Patrick Mahomes as well, um, then Kyler Murray's, like, one of those guys, like, that maybe you can get in, like, the, the mid-tier of, like, QBs, like, uh, let me see where he's going off the, the board right now, like, uh, for example, I think he's, oh, he is going off at number five. So yeah, he's kind of is that like top tier sort of guy. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Um, he really does have that upside. I, I definitely agree with that to sort of put him in the top five. Um, but yeah, really solid overall. We'll get to running back now. Looks like James Conner is going to be the main guy. No more uh, Chase Edmonds. Uh, Darrell Williams is now there as the backup. I don't know how much he does though. I think this is James Conner's backfield. And I mean, yeah, he, he was a guy last year. Um, he's ranked at 15th, but I think you could even take him as like potentially an RB1. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I'm guessing James Conner's probably going to have the most snaps. So you could maybe take him a little higher than he's listed. Yeah, I definitely think you can. I think maybe people are shying away from him is because he's had like some injury history in the past, but like, I don't know. I just feel like that he's like one of those guys where it's like uh, we saw how many touchdowns he had last year. Um, and yeah, he was just like amazing. He finishes like a top five running back at the end of the year or something like that. I mean, Daryl Williams going off at like 56. He's going to be a bench player anyways. I don't think you need to be afraid to draft Connor. Uh, he should be really solid this year. Uh, we'll get now to the wide receivers. Um, yeah, of course, we all know uh, what's happening with DeAndre Hopkins, the suspension. Um, I believe he's going to be out for the first six games of the season, if I'm not mistaken. So that really opens the door, I guess, for other players. AJ Green, obviously, Hollywood Brown, who they just acquired, Rondale Moore as well. But yeah, it's really hard to rank these wide receivers just because we don't know how they're going to perform. And then when Hopkins comes back, how's he going to perform? You got Hollywood Brown going off at like 23rd right now. So like low wide receiver two. 
Um, I don't know if I can get there with any of these wide receivers. I think you got Hopkins at 38. Um, and then just going further down, uh, Rondell Moore at 58. And then probably um, AJ Green's like, yeah, he's at like 79. He's just like a dart throw. How are you drafting these wide receivers? Honestly, it's going to be hard to tell. Um, I guess it'll depend on your familiarity with the Cardinals um, system. So if you know where uh, DeAndre Hopkins normally slots, you'd want to take out the other wide receiver. So for example, if he's normally where AJ Green is, um, you'd want to, again, you wouldn't want to take AJ Green. You'd want to take maybe Dale Moore instead. And then you can maybe take DeAndre Hopkins a little bit later. Yeah, that's probably a good strategy. I feel like if you own Hollywood Brown, you might want to like double up on like Hopkins or like Rondell Moore and Hopkins would be great together. I think, I think that you've sort of um, figured that out. Like that's probably a, a good strategy. AJ Green, I just don't know about him. He's like a guy that should be on the waiver wire, in my opinion, considering his age and his role. So um, yeah, definitely a, a good strategy to go by. I think the guy you should be drafting is Ackerts at tight end. I mean, he's the guy where his production shouldn't really change depending on the receivers. Like, I mean, being drafted as like uh, a top 12 tight end, I think he's around like ninth. Yeah, he's a great starter. He was last year. He was in Philly as well. Uh, for me, yeah, solid tight end overall. I mean, honestly, he could have a really good first half of the season just considering um, Hopkins isn't going to be playing for six weeks. So you're going to need an extra person to throw to. So why not to Zachary's? Yeah, and actually, I'll make a correction from last week's episode. Um, Rob Gronkowski ended up retiring, so please don't draft him unless he comes out of retirement. So I think definitely you should be um, looking at Cameron Brate um, in leagues, I guess, if you're looking to draft from Tampa Bay. But that was just a correction from last week's uh, episode because uh, he retired uh, the day after that we recorded that episode, so... Uh, that's something interesting there. But let's get back to Arizona and where they're going to finish in this division. Um, I guess, where do you see this team finishing up? Um, it's going to be interesting because they have to compete with the 49ers. 49ers could be a sleeper team, maybe. Um, they have to compete with the Rams. Honestly, I kind of see the Cardinals. They might have kind of like a rough start, but I think they should still finish second. Yeah, um, I'm going to actually put them at third. Um, I like two teams a bit better than them this season. Um, but yeah, they definitely can still make the playoffs. It's one of the toughest divisions that they supported three teams in the playoffs last year. So they can definitely do it again. Um, let's get to the next team. That's the LA Rams, your Super Bowl champions. Get to quarterback Matthew Stafford. And I mean, this is a guy, he's solid in fantasy every year. Um, he's going off the board as the 11th quarterback, I believe. So he definitely is a starter in standard leagues. Um, he's definitely a guy that you can just play um, as your starter. You can have him as a backup in shallow leagues. And yeah, he's a great starter in both standard and deep leagues. Give me your thoughts on Stafford. I think Stafford could have a higher ceiling than where he's placed. It looks like he is 11th. He could potentially be eighth or ninth, depending on how well the Rams play as a whole. Yeah, I think I'm right there with you. I definitely think that he's 
uh, one of the more solid guys that you can get at the quarterback position makes a lot of big plays. And I mean, we see him moving his legs from time to time. So uh, maybe not as much as some of the quarterbacks above him, but at the end of the day, um, there's a lot of quarterbacks that aren't as mobile as him. So um, I guess the combination of that and like a really big arm, I definitely think that makes him appealing. Um, let's get to the running backs now. This is going to be interesting. You got Cam Akers there. You got Darrell Henderson. I know they, one of them had a better first half. The other one was better in the playoffs. Um, I don't know. Like, I feel like both of them are going to be getting opportunities uh, to be able to run. It's, it might be that like alternation that they were doing one game, one of them's better, the other game, the other one's better. And that's terrible for fantasy, but um, we know how Sean McVay is with all of his strategy and all of that. You got Akers going off the board at 18. So like solid RB2 there. Um, and then I guess if you go down further to find Henderson, you'll get him at around 42. So like middle of the pack, RB4. Um, I guess in my opinion, try and get Akers lower and Henderson higher. I guess, what are your thoughts? That's kind of what I was thinking too, mainly just because we don't know who's going to get what snaps depending on the matchup. Yeah, and I think that what they did is they ran one guy into the ground the first half of the season, and then they kind of just switched it up after. So he, he could end up doing that again. So that's definitely one thing you need to keep an eye on. Um, we'll get to the wide receivers. Obviously, Odell Beckham's on the IR, and he might not re-sign. So you still have Cooper Cup, though. You still have Allen Robinson, and you still have Van Jefferson. I think that's a pretty solid core um, either way. So Cooper Cup obviously is going off number one off the board because he's the triple crown winner from last year. In my opinion, yeah, he's the first receiver off the board. He should be drafted in the first round um, of your fantasy draft in standard leagues. Um, and then I guess just going further down, locating these other receivers. Um, it looks like you get Allen Robinson around like 26. So like early, early wide receiver three. And then just going a little bit further down, um, to sort of locate where Van Jefferson is. He's going off at around 63. So you're probably looking at like a solid uh, bench wide receiver there. I think they're all pretty accurately priced. Robinson should be able to bounce back um, considering the injury plagued, really horrible season he had last year. If you're getting him as a wide receiver three, that's not bad. Um, what are your thoughts on this core? Yeah, I think uh, wide receiver three is good for Alan Robinson. He could potentially finish higher, but I think they're getting good value for him. Um, ben Jefferson, he's probably going to be getting less targets than both Alan Robinson at Cooper Cup. So I think he's accurately placed. For sure. And I guess getting to tight end, you got Tyler Higby. He's going off the board around 20th. He won't have competition this year, but uh, I don't know. He's very inconsistent. So I think as a backup, you could take him a little bit higher, but I think um, he should be a solid backup for you in fantasy. For sure. And um, I guess just getting to uh, draft, or not draft position, uh, a finishing position for this team. I think we're just going to take them to finish first. I guess, what are your thoughts? Same. Yeah, you have to. They're the Super Bowl champions. No question about that. All right, let's now get to the next team in this division, the San Francisco 49ers. We'll start a quarterback for them. It looks like Jimmy Garoppolo had surgery, so he might not be ready to start the season. So it looks like Trey Lance is going to be the starting quarterback for them. Um, that is interesting. He's going off the board at 13th. That's pretty high for an unproven quarterback. I guess, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think that is pretty high. I think, I mean, he does have 
a good roster, or like a decent roster, but uh, I don't know about their team. Yeah, maybe take him a little bit lower. He's definitely a solid backup with the potential to break out. I'll definitely say that. So I guess just keep that in mind when you draft him. Um, I guess in terms of running backs for this team, of course, Elijah Mitchell is still there. They drafted uh, Tyrion Davis-Price this year in the draft. And, of course, Jeff Wilson and Trey Sermon are still there. We don't know how much they're going to be used because at this point, I don't know how the running backs go with Kyle Shanahan and this team. Um, but we'll look to see where they're sort of going off the board. Elijah Mitchell's going off at 24th, so at the bottom of like RB2 in standard leagues. Um, and then I guess if you keep going, um, you'll probably see another one uh, go off the board. Uh, yeah, Trey Sermon's going off at like 68. Um, I don't even know how, uh, like whether you should draft them or just wait till the end. Jeff Wilson's like 73rd. Uh, Davis Price is at like 80. I think at this point, I'm just drafting Eli Mitchell. I guess, what are your thoughts? That's kind of what I'm thinking as well. Honestly, for drafts, uh, Eli Mitchell is a little bit lighter. Yeah, I definitely agree with that as well because we really don't know what's going to go on uh, with the running backs in San Francisco this year, um, especially if the passing takes off. Because, I mean, Debo Samuel's coming back. We have Brandon Ayuk, Jawan Jennings. Um, I guess seeing where these guys are sort of going off the board, um, it's interesting because I know Debo Samuel was being used as a running back last year, but then he sort of expressed the fact that like he doesn't want to be used uh, as a running back. He just wants to be used as a wide receiver. So I think it would take sort of like an emergence from Trey, Ser not Trey Sermon, uh, Trey Lance to sort of uh, – get him to that like top status as like uh, one of the top wide receivers in the game. So I don't know, maybe Debo Samuel could see a bit of regression this year. I know he's going off as like one of the top wide receivers uh, in the draft, but I think you, you might be able to get better value with Ayuk. Uh, I don't know about drafting Juwan Jennings, but I guess what are your thoughts on these receivers? Debo Samuel, he's talented, but I don't know if he finished seventh. Probably see Mike Evans or Tyreek Hill finishing above him, maybe even Keenan Allen as well. So uh, he could be a little overvalued. Um, I think Brandon Ayuk, you could definitely draft him more years. Yeah, and I think Ayuk's going to be undervalued because of his poor start last season. Like, I think he's going off at, like, number 40 right now. If you don't want to take Debo at, like, 7th, you could maybe go with Ayuk at 40th. That's like wide receiver four. You don't even need to play him every week, and there's a chance he could break out. So definitely think that is good value there. Um, and then getting to the tight ends, I mean, it's George Kittle. He's sitting at number four. He's going to be your starter if you draft him. He's probably the number one target on this team if it's not Debo Samuel, and he's he's one of the best at what he does. I guess, what are your thoughts? Yeah, you pretty much have to draft him because he's one. Yeah, and there's not really much more to say. Just draft him, set it, and forget it. I know he gets injured sometimes, but when he's on the field, he's probably one of the best tight ends in the game, even for fantasy. But let's get to where this team's going to finish in this division. I've got the 49ers at second. I guess where do you have them? Well, I guess they could be at third. Again, they have the potential to finish second, but um, just not um, too sure about, I guess, just the team in general. 
Yeah, I definitely agree. They did finish third last year and they still made the playoffs. So, I mean, that is possible as well. Um, I just sort of, um, I guess I do see Trey Lance taking the next step potentially, or if Jimmy Grapple is more healthy, they definitely could be a solid team. So, um, yeah, um, I definitely like what I've seen on this 49ers roster. And I guess we'll get to the last team from this preview, and that's the Seattle Seahawks. Um, we'll start at quarterback for them there. As of right now, it's Geno Smith and Drew Locke. Um, at this point, I probably would say I'm not going to draft any. Uh, I guess, do you feel the same way? I mean, I don't know. I think Geno Smith had a really good season last season, but no, I still don't want to draft him. Yeah, I mean, when they're going off at 34th and 39th, Locke at 34 and Geno Smith at 39th, yeah, they are best to be left on the waiver wire in pretty much every format. Um, I guess getting two running backs looks like Rashad Penny's the projected starter. Then you got Chris Carson, you got Kenneth Walker. This backfield is jumbled as well. This whole team's jumbled at this point. Um, but yeah, just sort of getting to where these guys are going off the board. Looks like Kenneth Walker's going off first at 30th. Then you got Rashad Penny at 35th. And then you got Chris Carson um, a little bit further down than that. Um, you got him all the way at 66th. So um, Honestly, I would draft Carson a bit higher and the other two a bit lower. I guess do you feel the same way? Yeah, I feel like, again, we don't know how this offense is going to be structured. Um, Geno Smith is potentially starting for not like the first time, but he's going to be listed as a starting quarterback for this team for the first time. So don't really know how the roster is is going to be used. I mean, Chris Carson, I think... He's at a good spot, but they're like Rashawn Penny at Ken Walker. They're a little bit too high. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, if the Seattle team wants to any chance of making the playoffs, Chris Carson's got to be that guy. Like the way we've seen him in the past, if he's coming in fully healthy, you definitely got to bank in uh, on that um, and then sort of take him a little bit higher. But I guess their, their more productive position, I feel like, is going to be at wide receiver. Obviously, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are still there. and They're probably going to be the only two relevant uh, receivers, as we don't know how much throwing the quarterbacks are going to do. Just looking at where these guys are going off the board, you got Metcalf at 18th, and then you got Lockett much further at 36. So you got a high wide receiver two and then a low wide receiver three. Honestly, if you can get them lower than that, I think that's probably your best bet. Yeah, I mean, Metcalf and Lockett, they are going to have decent seasons. But again, this is pretty much a new offense just because, you know, Smith is going to be a new quarterback. So it's better to draft them as low as you can. Yeah, you're either Geno Smith or Drew Locke. It's probably best just to take them as low as possible. Um, and then I guess just getting to tight end, Noah Fant did come in that trade, so he's probably going to be the main guy. Looks like he's going off the board at 15th. Yeah, I agree. It's more like a backup just like because of his talent, I feel like. Quarterback play is really not going to help him, but I guess, well, I mean, if it's Drew Locke, he knows Drew Locke, so that could be beneficial. Yeah, I mean, Noah Fant, he's a pretty talented tight end, so even if it ends up being Geno Smith, he still should be able to figure out something work. Not that Geno Smith's a bad quarterback, but again, he's 
doesn't have as much experience as Drew Locke does. So again, we don't really know how this offense is going to work, but I feel like he should be a solid backup, I guess. Yeah, I definitely agree. Draft him as a backup. That's where he should be. And then I think we can both agree this Seattle team's probably going to finish fourth just because they don't have the talent to keep up with the other three teams. Yeah, I mean, they do have some players. Like, they have Chris Carson, they have DK Metcalf, they have Tyler Lockett. They have Noah Fant, but, I mean, the Rams are going to be a really strong team. Cardinals are a strong team. And they have the 49ers. It's going to be really tough. Sure. Um, yeah, this is a rebuilding team at this point. And yeah, we've gone through every single preview of every single division, every single team for fantasy. I guess, do you have any last thoughts? I mean, I think this is going to be a really good season for both fantasy football and um, regular football. Um, a lot of teams are either um, doing well with the rebuilding process or they have strong rosters, so we're going to see some really strong competition. Yeah, I definitely agree. And, um, yeah, can't wait for the season. Can't wait for fantasy. It's definitely going to be a great one for sure. And I guess I'll move it to you as we get into everything NHL. For sure. And uh, for everything NHL, uh, we're going to be going over the Stanley Cup finals right now. Uh, it's Colorado versus Tampa Bay. Colorado, they're giving Tampa Bay more than a run for their money. They're up 3-1. What are your thoughts on the series so far? Yeah, I guess we'll get to what happened in game four. Um, it looks like Anthony Sorelli opened up the scoring around 30 seconds into the first period. So it was like right away. And there was no more scoring until the second period where McKinnon tied it up for Colorado. And then Victor Hedman put Tampa ahead again. Uh, and then going into the third period, Andrew Cogliano tied the game. And then what's hilarious is that you were talking about Nazem Kadri last episode. He returned this game and he scored the overtime winner to give Colorado the game. Um, they're up 3-1 on Tampa Bay. They're heading home for game five. I don't know. This series might be done now. I guess, what are your thoughts? I mean, I want to say uh, never underestimate the heart of a champion, but I don't know. It's looking kind of slim. I think maybe Tampa Bay could at least get one more. I think if they somehow survive this, they could end up going to seven games, but it's going to be hard to tell. Yeah, I think Colorado should take game five, but if they don't, I think I agree with you. It probably will go seven, because I think if Tampa Bay comes home and it's like do or die, they'll probably win that one at home, and then in game seven, probably anything could happen at that point. But yeah, I'm definitely going to lean with Colorado just because like watching the way they've played, yeah. I think even in the game that they lost, they didn't play bad. Tampa just like, they just kept scoring and Colorado couldn't do anything about it. It's not like they were really playing that bad. A lot of shots are just going in and stuff. Um, and then the other three games, they just dominated Tampa Bay for the most part. Um, yeah. Tampa just really hasn't had the legs to keep up with Colorado. They just look kind of slow. It's not like they don't have enough talent. It's just Colorado. They've definitely played less games in the playoffs this year because they swept a lot of their series. So they got a lot more rest than Tampa. So I think it's in that, like, um, it's sort of gotten to that spot for them where it's like, yeah, the, the legs are really, uh, they're getting stiff for the lightning. So they got to find a way to loosen up and win three games in a row if they want to win the Stanley Cup. Yeah, I was going to say, um, I think 
couple podcasts ago, we were talking about how um, the Rangers, if they somehow make the Stanley Cup, they, they'd have a tough time winning it just because so many of their games are going to game seven. I mean, I guess that's kind of an unforeseen circumstance for Tampa Bay. I mean, they beat Florida. I mean, yeah, they beat Florida in four games, but they, uh, Toronto ended up taking them to seven games. Think ended up taking them to six games, so they didn't have as much rest as maybe they needed to. Um, Colorado's elite team; they're the best team in the West. So Tampa Bay needed as much as much rest as they could get, and unfortunately, it still looks like it wasn't enough. Yeah, um, it, it's it's been really tough for the Lightning. It's still impressive what they've done these last three years, going to three finals in a row. If they somehow come back and win this series, it's going to be one of the greatest runs of all time. So let's just say that about Tampa. Um, and if Colorado wins, then they beat one of the best dynasties, if not almost dynasties of all time. So, yeah, um, definitely a lot of positives to take out of both sides for sure. Um, and, yeah, like I said, going into next game, I'm leaning with Colorado, but anything can happen with Tampa. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we've seen Tampa down before, and it looks like they were going to be out, and they somehow find, found a way to come back. So, me personally, I guess, just because they've come back from dire straits before, they probably find a way to at least bring it to seven games. But I think Colorado might have a chance to win the series. Yeah, I think I'm going to agree with you on that. I like the way they've played so far. They should be able to take it. And I guess, uh, what are your thoughts on uh, each player so far? Yeah, I talked about a couple of players last week. I'll talk about a couple more. Um, for Colorado, I'll start with Darcy Kemper. He was really solid last game. A lot of people are knocking him, saying that he's he's not a good enough goalie to be playing in the finals. And he really shut up a lot of haters last game with his like he practically stole that game for Colorado. Tampa should have won that, but he played really solid. So I'll give him his props. Um, I guess shout out to Kadri as well for that overtime winner. And then getting to Tampa, um, Victor Hedman really stepped up last game. He got that goal. He's been playing big minutes. Um, he's just that top defenseman that they've needed in these three runs. So great on him too. Sure. And I guess going back to Tampa Bay, do you think there are any players that you think could potentially step up? Um, yeah, I think it's got to be a guy like Stamkos. Like, he wears the C for a reason. He's their guy. He's their captain, right? Uh, he's got to put in an early goal next game to sort of slow that momentum that Colorado has. Yeah, he's got to be that leader that's won them to two cups. I know he was injured uh, for most of the first one, but, yeah, he when he did play, he stepped up. So, yeah, he's got to be that guy. I guess we've seen Darcy Kemper. It's... I wouldn't say it's like a breakout season, but he's been performing really well. Um, we could see him really high on draft boards for um, fantasy hockey. So I guess, what are your thoughts on his draft placements? I think he was going off in the top five this past season, and he pretty much performed up to that. So I think it's pretty safe top five pick for goalies. Sure. And uh, do you think Nazim Kadri could get another overtime goal? <laughs> Uh, overtime, we'll see if there's going to be another overtime, but he definitely could score next game. Uh, 
he's going to be getting a fat contract in the summer too. I don't know if Colorado is going to be able to pay him after the season he's having. Yeah. And I guess uh, that about concludes everything uh, for everything at NHL. All right, let's move into some big-time basketball. And it looks like, yes, the first round of the draft has finished in the NBA. So let's just go over some of the picks here. Uh, we'll start with uh, the Orlando Magic drafting Paolo Banchero. I know I'm going to butcher some of these names. He's a forward from Duke. Um, I guess what are your thoughts on Orlando taking him? Um, to be honest, I'm not entirely sure how it's going to work. It could be like a best player available situation. Um, he has a really high ceiling, so I can go with him. Yeah, I mean, I guess just considering that Jonathan Isaac hasn't really been healthy and he was sort of that like main guy they had at forward, I think he'll sort of just fit right in and be like a top player. I know he was solid for Duke this year. Um, yeah, I, I definitely think there's just like you said, best player available, adding young talent. That's how they're going to eventually build their roster back up. So good on the magic there. We'll get um, to the second pick of the draft. OKC taking Chet Holmgren from Gonzaga. It's like a seven-foot center. He's like a skinny guy like KD. I guess, what are your thoughts on him? Yeah, it looks like his position looks like power forward, so we could see him at uh, multiple positions. So he could be, um, I guess, one of those guys who are uh, eligible in multiple positions. For sure. I think people are underestimating him. He should be a really solid NBA player. Um, definitely a guy that OKC can use uh, along with some of their other young, talented players. So definitely excited to see what he's going to do. I'll get to pick number three, Jabari Smith going to the Houston Rockets. They have a lot of good young talent. So adding him at forward is really solid. All right. And I guess getting to pick number four, um, the Kings drafted Keegan Murray from Iowa. I know he was one of the standout players this year. Um, he's a pretty solid forward overall. I guess, what are your thoughts? I guess we'll have to see mainly just because um, the Kings haven't had the best success, but I guess um, maybe Keegan Murray could be one of the standouts on this team. Yeah, hopefully the Kings eventually do something because they've been up and down. Uh, they definitely need to have a team that wins. Um, we'll get to the Detroit Pistons at pick five. They take Jaden Ivey from Purdue. He's a guard. Um, they already have Keith Cunningham. Now they add Ivey. I guess, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm not really too sure about this pick, at least for fantasy purposes. Um, I'm guessing Kate Cunningham will probably get more of the minutes mainly just because he's more experienced. So Jaden Ivey, he's going to get minutes because, again, he's first-round pick. For sure. And I guess we'll get to pick number six from Indy, uh, drafted by Indiana. It's Benedict Matherin from Arizona. He's actually a Canadian forward. Um, it looks like the Pacers have a lot of good guards. They're just looking to draft a forward to sort of replace Sabonis. I guess, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, the Pacers, they did give up a lot of talent to try to rebuild. So they're just going for, I guess, the best players that they think are. For sure. And then we'll get to Portland at seven. They take Shaden Sharp from Kentucky, another Canadian player, um, this time at guard. 
obviously he's probably going to replace CJ McCollum. Um, and hopefully they can keep Damian Lillard because these two will probably play well together. Yeah, hopefully. All right. And getting to pick number eight, the New Orleans Pelicans take Dyson Daniels. Um, he's a guard. He's a big guard. He's at six foot seven from Australia. He's from G League Ignite. Um, yeah, I guess just sort of stockpiling um, best player available because the Pelicans have a lot of talent overall. Yeah, I mean, the Pelicans, they could be a sleeper team this season. I think uh, getting a player like Dyson Daniels is going to make them an even deeper team. It could potentially be like a Lonzo Ball type of player. I mean, if I remember correctly, Lonzo Ball was on the Pelicans at one point, so he could play some for sure. And uh, we'll get to San Antonio Spurs at number nine. They take Jeremy Sochan from Baylor. He's a forward. Um, yeah, I think it's a solid pick for the Spurs. I definitely think um, just getting that good young talent into the building, uh, putting them around the other good talent they have right now, I think it's definitely really solid. And then we'll get to the next pick. Uh, it's the Washington Wizards at number 10, drafting Johnny Davis from Wisconsin. Uh, he is a guard. Um, I think, yeah, Washington has good pieces. They have Porzingis. They have um, a, f- a few other really uh, solid players. Um, I guess, what are your thoughts on him? Um, I guess he could be a good depth piece, I guess, at least as for like maybe the first half of the season, because they do still have um, Bradley Beal, if I remember correctly, so not way too sure how they're gonna uh, fit them in, but um, they still should have some decent things, I think. Yeah, for sure. They got Beal, they got Porzingis, they got Kuzma, lots of guys. So, um, just sort of building that team. Hopefully, they can get Beal to stay because that would be, I guess, really good for their, um, I guess, build or rebuild or whatever they're doing. We'll get to the Knicks now. They take Usman Dieng um, from New Zealand. Um, he's actually a French player. Um, he's a forward. Um, at this point, the Knicks just need to be stockpiling young players. I guess, what are your thoughts? Yeah, just go for best player available, I guess. For sure. We get to number 12, OKC back on the board. They take Jalen Williams from Santa Clara. Uh, he's a six foot six forward. Um, OKC has draft picks for days at this point, so it's just adding young talent at this point. Yeah, I guess just adding young talent or development and see what happens. For sure. And then um, I guess getting to the 13th pick, the Charlotte Hornets were off to take Jalen Duran from Memphis. Um, yeah, um, I guess what are your thoughts on him? He's a center. Um, and yeah. Um, yeah, I think he's actually been traded to Detroit as well. So, um, yeah, he's drafted by Charlotte. Um, he was traded to the Knicks and then he was traded to Detroit. I don't know. A lot of craziness happened in tonight's draft, but I guess, give me your thoughts on, I guess, just him as a center. Um, he should be uh, really solid in the middle of the draft. Not really too familiar with his game, admittedly, but I guess I was thinking um, Charlotte would want him just because they need some depth at center, but I guess they might have found someone else. 
I think they traded the Knicks and got Diang. So there was a bunch of picks that got swapped there. It's going to be interesting. We'll get to the 14th pick by Cleveland. So Ochai, I'm going to butcher this name. Agbaji, I think that's how you say his name. He's a forward from Kansas. Um, yeah, Cleveland just adding uh, young forwards. I definitely think to pair with a guy like Mobley is really solid. Yeah, I think so as well. All right, and getting to pick 15, Hornets back up on the board. They draft Mark Williams from Duke. Uh, he's a center. Yeah, um, I think it's great for Charlotte to add a, a center to their team. Pretty young team overall. I guess, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I guess they're just trying to get as much young talent as they can at the center position. I guess try to fill out the depth on the roster. For sure. And then um, we'll get to pick number 16. Uh, the Atlanta Hawks take A.J. Griffin forward. Um I'm, I'm not sure what's happening with John Collins, whether he's going to stay or not. Maybe this is a replacement for him. I don't know. Maybe he's re- uh, going to play at the three to replace a guy like Gallinari. I guess, what are your thoughts on that? I'm guessing he could just kind of be like a depth piece. He can kind of be like shooting guard. He could be small forward, that kind of thing. For sure. And we get to Houston back on the board. They take Tari Eason from LSU. Um, he's a forward, um, at this point, like we said, some of these lower end teams, they're just drafting best player available for sure. And, uh, getting to the next pick, the Chicago bulls take Balin Terry from Arizona. Uh, he is a guard. So probably a guy to play, I guess, as a backup in the rotation with guys like Lonzo and DeMar DeRozan, I guess, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think um, Lonzo being injured really hurt the Bulls a lot. So I think this is a good pick to kind of fill up the roster. And I mean, Alex Caruso is there too. So you got probably four really good guards heading into next season, hopefully. Really solid for the Bulls. And we'll get to number 19, the Minnesota, Minnesota Timberwolves draft Jake LaRavia. And then they, apparently they traded him to Memphis. Um, he's from Wake Forest. He's a forward, 6'8". Um, yeah, I mean, Memphis adding more big players. They already have Jaron Jackson, but I guess what are your thoughts? I mean, they could be another team that, I guess, use a size to their advantage. Yeah, I mean, uh, that team, they're getting really good overall. Um, and then Spurs back on the board, they draft Malachi Branham from Ohio State. He's a six foot five guard. Um, I think they're they're drafting guards to sort of replace what they lost by trading Derek White last year. Hopefully it's not because they're going to lose DeJounte Murray because I definitely don't want that to happen for the Spurs. But yeah, it definitely looks like a solid pick for them. I guess, what are your thoughts? I guess my only concern is you don't want to draft too many guards, mainly just because they don't have enough depth in other positions. For sure. And uh, we'll get to pick number 21 that's the denver nuggets taking christian braun from kansas he's a forward um i guess they had too much injuries with guys like michael porter jr i guess it's just more depth that they can add yeah i think um the nuggets they had a few injuries i think jamal murray was uh injured throughout parts of the season as well so um i think Pitch ended up having to carry a lot of the workload so 
broad should be able to help them out. For sure. And then getting to pick number 22, Walker Kessler from Auburn. The center was drafted by Memphis Grizzlies, and apparently he was traded to the Minnesota Timberwolves. I guess he'll be a backup center to Carl Anthony Downs. Yeah, that's what it looks like. All right, and then we'll get to the next pick in the draft, and that's at number 23, the Philadelphia 76ers draft David Roddy from Colorado State. Then they trade him to Memphis. Memphis is acquiring a lot of players. Six foot six, another forward. I guess, what are your thoughts? I guess uh, Memphis is going to have a lot of forwards this season. Yeah, definitely. And uh, getting to pick number 24, we have the Milwaukee Bucks drafting Marjan Bochamp from the G League. It's a six foot five guard. Um, yeah, I think uh, Milwaukee can definitely add some more guard depth. I guess, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think um, this is actually, I guess, a good pick for Milwaukee, mainly just because they had some injuries at the guard spot. So um, made it a little bit difficult to kind of uh, compete in the playoffs. So I think this should help them out. For sure. And at number 25, the Spurs take. Blake Wesley, guard from Notre Dame. Spurs taking another guard, I guess. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I guess I'm just kind of concerned about um, their other spots. Mainly, maybe they feel kind of confident that they need to get some decent picks in the second round. But I would think you'd want to attract at least like one power forward or one center first because there's normally a lot of guards now too. For sure. And then, Minnesota acquired another player, Wendell Moore Jr., who was drafted by Dallas at pick 26. He's a forward from Duke. Minnesota seems to be acquiring a lot of players, too. I guess, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I guess they're just trying to get as much depth as possible and see what sticks. Yeah, for sure. And um, we'll get to the Miami Heat. They draft Nikola Jovich. I almost said Nikola Jokic. <laughs> it was very similar. Uh, he's a four, six foot eleven forward from Serbia. Practically the same country as Jokic. I guess, what are your thoughts? Well, he's definitely going to be getting a lot of comparisons to Jokic. It'll be really funny to see commentators say Jokic by accident when they met Jokic. But um, it'll be interesting to see what kind of uh, game he's going to have. I'm not really too sure about his game, but he should be really solid. Um, I guess he's going to be backing up our band, so we have another really solid center. For sure. And then we'll get to pick number 28, the Golden State Warriors take forward Patrick Baldwin Jr. from Milwaukee. Um, he's playing forward. Um, yeah, I mean, stockpiling depth for this championship team. I guess, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm guessing probably by the end of this season or sometime next season, he's gonna, his development's going to improve by a lot and the Warriors are going to be for sure. And uh, getting to pick 29, the Grizzlies draft Ty Ty Washington Jr. from Kentucky. Then they trade him to Minnesota. Minnesota acquiring a lot of guys. He's a six foot four guard. I guess more depth behind guys like D'Angelo Russell, uh, Pat Beverly, and Anthony Edwards. I guess, what are your thoughts? Yeah, it's probably going to be something like that. All right. And then getting to the last pick of the first round, OKC back on the board. They take Peyton Watson from ucla and then they traded him to denver um so denver getting the six foot eight forward 
Uh, we talked about how they took a forward uh, last pick because of the whole Michael Porter Jr. injury. It's probably just doubling down at this point. Yeah, I think they probably want as much depth as possible at the wing spot. So, yeah, I agree with that. For sure. And, I mean, yeah, that was the first round of the draft. We'll definitely come back in next episode with the second round as it's not finished yet while we're recording. But I guess any last thoughts on the first round of the draft? Um, not really too for many last, uh, last thoughts. Uh, I think a lot of the same position I know this has been drafted by a team. Like, for example, the Spurs, they drafted multiple guards. So I'm guessing they're feeling really confident about their ability to get other guards or they're just happy in other positions or they're just happy with their roster. Yeah, for sure. And then there's a lot of teams that didn't even have first-round picks. Obviously, the Lakers have traded pretty much all of the theirs. You don't see Brooklyn here. You don't see Toronto here. Those are just a few of the teams. You don't see Phoenix here, obviously. So, I mean, yeah, some of these teams, either they got a draft in the second round or they just got to sign free agents. I know the Lakers love signing free agents. So, <laughs> we'll definitely see uh, what's going to happen with that when we uh, take a look at the second round in the next episode so that's going to be the end of big time basketball and the fantasy fanatics podcast just make sure you check us out on instagram and twitter at fan fan podcast and then make sure uh, to listen or watch this podcast you follow us on youtube spotify apple podcasts or google Podcasts. just make sure you like subscribe share hit the bell for notifications leave comments reviews all that good stuff and yeah, this was, uh, it was great that we could finish all the previews. Uh, we can take a look at the Stanley Cup finals and the NBA draft, which was exciting. And we'll talk to you guys on the next episode.